Hello, and welcome back to The Indie, the podcast from the newsroom of the Santa Barbara Independent. I'm your host, Rebecca Fairweather, and on today's episode, we're getting into the world of artificial intelligence. Hello, I'm ChatGPT, a language model developed by OpenAI. My primary function is to assist you with a wide range of tasks by generating human-like text based on the prompts you provide. Whether it's answering questions, offering explanations, helping with creative writing, coding, or providing general information, I'm here to assist. That is just a snippet into the world of ChatGPT. Beginning in June of 2020, the program has become a force to be reckoned with. Some schools and workplaces have already implemented new conduct regarding the use of artificial intelligence. However, there's more to AI than just an interface, according to Misha Sura, assistant computer science professor and head of the AI integration lab at UC Santa Barbara. Deepfakes are another form of AI that is more deceiving than other programs that can't be sniffed out through plagiarism and AI detectors. We're entering an era in which our enemies can make it look like anyone is saying anything at any point in time, even if they would never say those things. While this may sound like the 44th president of the United States flowing through your ears, it's actually actor and director Jordan Peele. He worked on creating a deepfake of President Obama, bringing awareness to the seriousness deepfakes could pose to national security or fact-checking when the information literally looks and sounds like it's coming from a reliable source. I spoke with Misha about these concerns artificial intelligence could pose to numerous fields, but we also discussed how AI could surprise us and change our society for the better. My name's Misha Sra, and I am an assistant professor in the computer science department where I lead the human AI integration lab. My first question is a very basic one. What is artificial intelligence? As far as I know, there is no agreed upon definition. Think of it as an umbrella term and a lot of things fall into it. But generally, you can think of it as a way to teach machines to learn from a lot of data. We call it artificial learning since systems are learning from tons of data. They're looking at patterns in all this data. Thank you. Of course, there's a lot of conversations and talk regarding artificial intelligence in a very general way. I think that there's a large worry of artificial intelligence entering the workforce with machines possibly taking over cashiers or filling in the roles for many jobs. Should we be concerned about artificial intelligence taking over the job market or should is it not a big concern as we're making it? I think we should be concerned about AI becoming part of our lives. And it's going to have lots of different types of impact, right? Our motivations as individuals and companies, governments, is to have more positive impact than negative. And of course, there's challenges there because companies have their own motivations, uh, which may or may not align with general social societal good. Companies, they have one imperative is to make money. And how do you best align that goal with trying to do social good with all these technologies that have tremendous potential to do good? AI taking over jobs. In some cases, anecdotally, we've seen that to be the case, but there's also going to be something similar like the jobs profiles are just going to change. 
more. Right. So maybe thinking of AI being embodied in robots and robots marching down the highway and taking over the world is fueled by science fiction and movies per se. Um, but it's more going to be these cloud-based entities, ChatGPT, that can automate different aspects of different jobs, right? All the way from, we've already seen that some aspects of being a lawyer can get automated. These systems can take automated testing. Things have different impact and they can write some code right now and it's only going to get better, let's say, in the future. But what does that mean for humans is that we now have the opportunity to be able to work at a more higher, more abstract level and then use these tools, which kind of what I think of most AI as, to help us do the things that we really want to be doing. Um, but again, not to say that nobody's job is going to be impacted. There will be impact for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned ChatGPT because, like you said, that is the first introduction to artificial intelligence. I know that there is a large concern over AI making its way into college campuses and just in general classrooms all over the world. Personally, as a UCSB student, we've already got it in our code of conduct to make sure we're not using AI to cheat for plagiarism. I am curious, is AI helping or hindering classrooms? I think it's a matter of perspective, right? And their initial knee-jerk response to ChatGPT for education was, oh no, it's going to totally upend everything since we've all had about a year to adapt to changes and understand and look at performance. Not to say that performance doesn't get better. Every few weeks it gets better. You can't stop someone from using a tool. It's already out there. But there's ways of integrating the tool into a classroom environment where the tool is helpful, but tool isn't providing the answers that you're looking for. So let's say if it's a coding class and you can go to ChatGPT, ask it to write a piece of code, and that's fine. And let's say somebody submits that as their response, and that's great. The assignment might need to change to maybe a one-on-one -on -one or in-class analysis of the code. And maybe the code has bugs, finding those bugs, which implies you need to understand what's going on. You can't just copy, paste, and put it in. Our evaluation mechanisms and how we write assignments and what type of assignments we do would probably need to evolve because it's no longer makes sense to have an assignment that some other system is going to do for you. But even before ChatGPT, there were many ways for you to copy-paste code, right? You go and ask a question on Stack Overflow or you ask a friend. Technically, you're not supposed to do any of those things, but let's just say the, the, the options to do it have always existed. Now it's just a very personalized, very specific option that you can use. And my, my courses, I focus more on um, design problems, and they all require coding to engineer the solutions. Uh, but the focus is more on finding the right problems to answer and coming up with solutions. And then the engineering part can happen as a next step, which if it involves ChatGPT, it's okay because all the high-level thinking has gone into understanding the problem and even designing the solution. So that's my way of dealing with the with one aspect of challenge. Yeah. And for the future, is AI becoming more user-friendly, not only for just the regular individual, but also for programmers who are coding the very AI that we're using? User-friendly is a matter of perspective um, because the, the thing that the user sees is the interface, right? So chat GPT's interface is you got to 
bar to type a text in and da -da 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 comes out a response. Bare bones input mechanism. I think the bigger challenge here is when the system is throwing out this much information at you for every tiny question you're asking, then evaluating that information is another thing. Presenting that information, maybe text isn't always the best way to present a summary of a lot of that information. Can we visualize it? Can we have different ways of looking at it? They all speak to changes in the matter of designing the interface. And now you have agents that have apps out there so you can use it on your phone. You have agents that have 3D bodies and faces that you can talk to, which are also agents. Um, so different people are experimenting with different modalities of engaging with these entities that all have a LLM in the back end, which is a large language model. But the bigger question here is, sure, we can chat with them. And yes, they can help us do things. But they are still AI systems that make mistakes that you may have heard. They can hallucinate content and make up facts and suddenly there's a new country in the world that it's conjured up or a new entity that it's made up that got some award here and published five papers never existed so challenging more is in that how do you help everyday folks to realize that a lot of the stuff that you're seeing or maybe some of the factual stuff that you're asking for might just be made up stuff and how to disambiguate between what the actual answer is and what is made up stuff and from a research perspective, folks are working on it, but I think it's also more from a user interface perspective that maybe things like that need to be highlighted to the user and explicitly stated that this is made up facts, so to speak. And those are the kinds of things, right, that eventually can then help prevent the spread of, for example, misinformation, which is considered as one of the really big things that are going to happen, especially considering elections and around those times we see a lot of that kind of stuff. And now the plausibility of what you see just goes up several notches because the output is so believable because it sounds so coherent. And so now we have to understand that these machines are also, in some sense, that they're not always right. And just because they sound coherent doesn't mean that they're always right. And people tend to have an automation bias. You tend to believe yeah. what sounds intelligent yeah. to be fact. Didn't even think that misinformation could be carried out through AI just based off of how it's worded or where the information is coming from the source. So AI has already made significant changes in numerous fields and is ever evolving. In the last year, we've seen artificial intelligence softwares transform. So what should we be expecting on AI's progression? Will it become more factual? Will it be will it spew information that is actually accurate? I guess so there's two aspects to this, right? There's the one is the research side where they are trying to improve its ability to be factually correct. I'm trying to do that. Um, and the other side is what do people do with the tools they have, right? And just to quote uh, Melvin Kranzberg, who said technology is neither good nor bad, nor is it neutral. Um, and I think that sort of brings to the point that the tools are getting better, but what people can do with these tools is also evolving tremendously. And so motivations for doing harm, whatever reason, or spreading misinformation or whatever it is that people um, do already, even without AI, um, I'm going to do, continue doing that with AI too, maybe to a greater extent. And unfortunately, if something comes out online 
within a minute, it's all over the world. Things just spread so much faster. The scale is tremendous of all of this stuff. So on the one hand, yes, the tools can get better and hallucinate less, but doesn't mean the people are going to use the tools are still not going to use it for misinformation, right? And so the consequences of this misinformation is another aspect to be dealt with somehow. And they did that with deepfakes. So obviously caused a lot of personal harm when they first came out and still being used and will continue being used. Um, but regulation stepped up and started coming out with some kind of measures to help out people who have been harmed by this technology. And I think we'll probably need some kind of measures for other types of AI too, because people are going to do harm, we're going to continue it. We're just giving them another tool in the arsenal, perhaps. And it's a little bit unfortunate, but I guess the reality of the world. I think that, and this is my own personal perspective on things, is that Yes, AI is helping in a lot of areas, right? A lot of areas we actually don't even see as general public. It's helping us find better antibiotics. It's helping improve the supply chain. All of these things that, yes, we're impacted by, but it's not super immediate and super evident to us because we're not directly engaging with any kind of AI. And I think it would be interesting is more and more companies, folks, researchers uh, start looking at building tools and systems that are user-facing that have an AI backend. On one end, we have GPS, right? And real-time routing. It's an, it is an ai back system. Um, and it gives us directions in real time, but there's really no back and forth between us in that sense, right? There's no as much back and forth as between us and ChatGPT, not at that level, right? And I, I'm curious to see more and more tools like ChatGPT actually get started applying to um, real world problem cases, real world challenges. So specifically in my lab, we care about things like how do we help people, let's say, learn or recover motor skills, right? Let's say you break a leg and then you need two months of rehab, but you don't have insurance or your motivation flags over time. How do we build a system or an AI agent that can help you do it in your own home environment, keep you motivated, give you feedback, personalize it, track your progress those kinds of things. Or how can we build an entity that can help with sports training? You don't have to go to a club right now. Maybe once a week your club meets, but you can do it on your own at home or help people with accessibility issues or Parkinson, things like that, be able to live and age um, in their own homes, things like that. So those are the kinds of things I hope that more and more people start spending AI resources on to solve problems that eventually impact the individual and their day-to-day -day lives. And that's the kinds of things that we care about at my research. It's been a fascinating dive into how AI is reshaping our world. Today's deep dive into the advancements and challenges in AI, especially in the realm of natural language processing, has been nothing short of enlightening. Thank you to Misha for coming on the pod and sharing your knowledge and perspective. You've made the complex world of AI a little more accessible to us all. And of course, a thank you to our listeners for your constant curiosity and engagement. From the newsroom of the Santa Barbara Independent, you're listening to The Indie. I'm your host, Rebecca Fairweather. We'll see you next time.